Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi everyone, this is Natalie Jean, c'est Nathalie Jean, and today on Chatting with Nat, we have singer-songwriter Piper Page. Piper Page is a New York City-based singer-songwriter who uses her music to empower women to take the world by storm. Influenced by artists such as Amy Winehouse, Whitney Houston, and Mahalia. This rising star has evolved from the acoustic pop sound heard on her debut EP to the mature R&B sound heard on her latest single, Breadcrumbs. Piper is ready to push the boundaries of contemporary R&B in her debut album coming this summer entitled Based on True Events. Let's give her a round of applause. Hi, Piper. How are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm happy to be here today. I'm happy to be here, too. You know, every time somebody asks me how I'm doing, I say I'm still alive. So, you know, it's a good <laughs> thing we both woke up this morning. It's just been extremely cray-cray uh, between all the stuff that's going on, the elections, George Floyd, the pandemic, Ukraine, oh. Haiti's, yeah. Haiti's president's assassination, tsunamis. What else is there? Oh, monkeypox. Oh, mass Monkeypox. Yeah. <laughs> mass shootings. It's just, I can, you know, I have, like I tell everybody, I have to pinch myself to see if I'm not living in the 1930s, 40s, trying to figure out what is going on in this world. It's just been crazy. But how have you been? You know, just like everybody else, I think I'm just trying to get through it and, and find the light at the end of the tunnel. There's a lot going on in the world right now. Um, and I think we all need a little bit of happiness coming our way. So just just like everybody else, trucking on. I mean, that's basically all we can do. I mean, you know, people always tell me, Natalie, you need to stop watching, uh, reading the news and stuff like that. But it's like you cannot not watch the news or read the news. Because you need to know what's going on in the world. You need to know what's going to affect you out there in this madness called life. Um, now, one of the questions—it's just crazy. So, one of the questions I like to ask is this: um, I have to give you a little scenario. Obviously, the pandemic was really bad. People lost lives. Uh, uh, there's been long-term effects of COVID. Uh, people have lost limbs. There's just been a lot of loss. Um, but on the flip side, there have been uh, pros in regards to uh, the pandemic. Uh, there's a lo- been a lot of self-introspection. A lot of people had time to think about their lives and what they want to do with their lives. Like, this is not supposed to be weird, but it is. You know, families walking out together because it seems like family really, some families don't take time to really uh, connect with their families anymore. Everybody's, you know, hustling and bustling and trying to get through the world. Um, people that I know that cut back on um, that cut back on work hours because they realized they weren't spending enough time with their families. 
um, climate change, my God, uh, the pollution level went down when we were out of the world and the animals and the trees and Mother Nature were able to be set free. And, you know, the squirrels are probably saying, oh, the cars won't hit us. And we hopefully they don't come back. But we did come back. Um, we have people that decided there were a lot of articles about people deciding not to go back to their jobs. They decided to quit their jobs because they realized because of the pandemic, life was so short. They decided that um, it's more important to have a job where you're happy. You're happy, but you're making money. You're fulfilling your destiny, your passion. And with artists, they decided uh, some created new, some created new albums, some created um, new EPs, some created singles, you know, they, continued with their creation. Some decided not to do music. Some decided to rebrand totally. So what I'm saying is that there's a lot of thought process going on in the world about how people wanted their lives to be. They wanted to be an effective player. So during this time, did you think about that? Did you think about anything about your life or as an artist that you wanted to change or are you fine the way things are? Yeah, definitely. During the pandemic, I had a lot of room for reflection and just to kind of discover what it is, what I really wanted to do. And when the pandemic started, I was just a freshman in college. Um, I had really only been in New York for a short time, like six months maybe. And um, then I got sent home. So while I'm sitting at home, um, I had a lot of time to think and like, is music what I want? And, and I determined ultimately it is. It is what I want. And I want to do it. Um, I came into my program at NYU thinking I was just going to write for other people. I was going to be a songwriter. I was going to work for other people. Um, not that I wanted to be an artist myself. That's not a future I saw for myself, really. Right. Um, and as I spent months in my parents' house, uh, in my little basement uh, bedroom, writing and writing and writing, I just had so many songs. And my little cookbook that um, only had, like, maybe 20 songs in it um by the time I left my house it had like maybe 100 and so I came back to New York with new inspiration and and really wanting to be a musician full force and start my career um so now I think you know looking back on that I think it's been like maybe two years now that I made that decision um best decision I could have made and I think they really solidified what I wanted to do and the messages I wanted to send and the art that I wanted to create. I love that. Now, what was it about the music industry that made you say, okay, Piper and music have to come together? Was it something that you heard, you saw, or did you just come out of the womb and it was just like, oh, I'm here, I'm doing this, this is who I am? (laughs) I think I was always drawn to music and drawn to performing. I danced growing up, and I started taking piano lessons. I think I was about eight years old. Voice lessons at about twelve, um, and but I never, I didn't sing in front of my parents. No one had ever heard me sing until I sang in a musical, and I think I was in eighth grade when I did that. And mm-hmm. the look on everyone's face was just a shock. They're like, "Oh my God, that girl's got a voice." Um, And I I really think that's all I needed to be like, okay, I can perform. I'm a performer. Did that for many years. I was in show choir in high school. And then in my senior year of high school, 
I did this internship where I was um, a studio manager at a local recording studio, and I was getting to help students in my community kind of write their own songs and work on their own music and develop their own identities as an artist. And as I was doing that, I was like, oh, this is like something I could do forever. Um, right. And at the time, I was applying to colleges, and I didn't really know. I thought I was going to do, like, music education or music therapy or something like that. And right. I saw the opportunity to apply to the music business program at NYU, and I took mm-hmm. it, and I got in, and I was like, okay, um, this is something I'm going to do now. Um, so I was definitely – I was always drawn to it, and then when I, when I was given the opportunity and to, to have that experience, I think that's really what, like, drove it home for me. That's awesome. It's always great when we can figure out what we want out of life because um, people are always seeking that one thing. Um, and some people never get it, which is very sad to me. Um, I think sometimes uh, people don't pursue their passions or their love is because they're afraid. Like fear is the worst thing in life uh, that stops people from doing it. When people think, oh my God, you're an artist. That's what you're doing. You're not making your money. Don't you think you want to do something that has more of a backbone, more of a, a lifeline and it's not really a business. I, people just don't understand. You need to be happy in life, no matter what. You just need to be happy. You have to be you, uh, do your thing, not worry about what people think. Um, it's just, you know, the world is crazy enough. We got to do something to do, to be happy. Now, how important is it for you to be authentic um, in your life and in your music? Oh, so, so very important. Um, I think that I have a very unique experience in that it's not very common to be a musician, to be, you know, this pop artist from where I come. I'm from the Midwest and, you know, there's a very, you know, standard way of life um, where I'm from. And so I, I want to be as authentic as possible in, in sharing my journey. I, I try to be honest with my audience and, and do these breakdowns. And, like, this is how I go about writing or this is how I got to where I am. Um, and I, I, I try to be as honest as I can about that. You know, obviously, I have days. And... Um, I have days where I'm like, I can't do this. I don't think I should be doing this. Imposter syndrome is so very real. And I think, especially as young as I am, I'm I'm only 21, I'm surrounded by people who want now to be creating this art. You know, I feel like it used to be such a faux pas, and now everyone wants to be a musician. So the the room is saturated now. Um, Yeah. And especially with TikTok and with Instagram and, and social media in general, there's this constant need to be viral. And mm-hmm. I have never really been a person that, you know, thrives off of that, like needs that. Um, right. I'm not a huge social media person. I do it because I need to. And, you know, it's part of how you advance your career. Um, right. But it's not my favorite thing on the planet. And I think that that's one thing I'm pretty vocal about with my audience, like, you know, I'm here because I need to be here, but also I love making music and that is what I want to do, not necessarily trying to, like, rack up the numbers all the time. Yeah, well, you bring up a, a great point. Um, so in this industry, 
this industry has evolved. It has changed over time. And, you know, I write social impact message songs. And a lot of the times when you enter contests at award shows, they just don't get the whole social impact message thing. Because ever sometimes the feedback is like, well, I don't know if this will chart this, this, that, and the other. And what the music industry for myself has, doesn't understand is that music evolves over time. It's not always about charting. It's about making an effective change in somebody else's life. It's about writing stuff that people can relate to. Yes, we want to make money doing our thing, but at the same time, we want to make a difference in the world. Now, the whole aspect of being on on social media is the fact that, you know, uh, this is just the life. This is how music is evolving. And, you know, I, I recently took a, it's called Cap University, TikTok University, and they were explaining how how you can, you as the brand, you know, can go viral and all these different things. But I think what people are missing, especially artists, is that now you almost have, when you're creating music, you have to see if it fits on these different platforms, how it will work on these different platforms. Even if the whole point is not to become viral, but it's also to get somebody to use your music. You don't know if that person uses your music and it makes a difference in somebody else's life. You know, I can give you a story about how I I met this woman a couple months ago and she was telling me a story about how she, she performed at this venue. And after she was done, this person said to her, Oh my God, this is the best performance. Um, I'm glad that I came tonight. And he said, the reason that I'm glad that I came tonight is because I was going to go home and kill myself. And after your performance, I've decided that I have a reason to live. Now that's a huge burden to carry on an artist, but my God, right. what a, that, is wow. a huge, that is a huge compliment to that artist. And thank God that guy decided to go to that performance that night. Artists need to realize the impact that they have on people, the positive impact on people that they can have because it can be such a beautiful thing. I always tell artists, music is our superpower because we can affect so much change, beautiful change in people's lives. You know what I mean? It's just a, yeah. it's just amazing, amazing thing. Um, so here it says that you do, do you do primarily R&B or how many genres do you do? Yes, the concepts and genres I find very interesting. I I would say I, I label myself an R&B pop artist um, in the most modern sense of it. Um, but mm. I grew up playing jazz and classical piano. I was jazz and classical trained, but I also, in, in vocal, um, but I also did musical theater like my whole life. And so I think that there are aspects to all of those things that you can find within my music. Um, and in my songwriting even further, I try to write, um, in many genres, just in case someone ever, you know, someone in the rock genre can come to me and be like, I need a song and I can say, I got you. Um, it's kind of my hope or somebody in country can do the same. So, um, when it comes to my music that I put out, I try to incorporate as much as I can, just because I, I do have the benefit of having knowledge in many genres and, I think it's more fun that way, you know, to to create music that no one really has heard. You can't quite put your finger on it. And I like that. Um, when I released my, my song last year, Risk, that was one of the most common things I heard. People were 
saying, oh, this sounds like this artist. And then another person would be like, oh, this sounds like this kind of music. And they would be vastly different areas. And I love that, um, that everyone can find their own with it, kind of. Like, they listen to my music and they're like, I feel comfortable with this. I don't know what it is, but I feel comfortable with it. Yeah. Um, well, that's, and that's really cool. And that's really awesome. Um, one thing that people don't understand outside in the world also about the genre thing, because I'm also uh, a versatile singer-songwriter performer in the sense that I, my main thing is folk country Americana, but I write in, in several of the different pop, R&B, jazz, blues, um, rap, adult contemporary, you name it, I do it, um, that we are a business. We can focus on right. one genre, but when it comes to sync and licensing, they're just not asking for our one genre. You know what I mean? Yeah. There, they, there's many genres that people want to hear in film and television and documentaries and all this stuff. So people have to start thinking business, business have to have a business mind if they really want to get through uh, and, and have a fruitful career. I mean, if, if that one particular genre is your thing, then I'd say by all means, uh, focus on that. But if you have the knack for creating music in several different genres, by all means do it. It's really important. Now, um, so you've been, been inspired, you know, it says Amy Winehouse, Whitney Houston, and Mahalia. Is, are there any other artists that you've been inspired by? Oh, for sure. Um, I think I've been going through a really big um, Sasha Keeble. She's a London-based artist. Um, they, like, for a lot of my live shows, I, I will sing her songs. Um, I love, love, love Stevie Wonder, and I don't, I don't think I've written a song yet that is really producing Stevie Wonder, but I think soon, because every once in a while I'll go through, like, a Stevie Wonder phase, um, mm. and uh, I would say, honestly, any of the greats that are people that I would consider the greats, you know, you guys have said Whitney Houston, um, right. I Adele is incredible. I think her songwriting, her lyricism is brilliant. Um, yeah. Any artist that can tell a story and you really feel it, I resonate with. Um, because uh, I am an artist, I am a musician, I am a singer, I'm a recording artist, but first I'm a lyricist. And mm. telling, telling stories is my, my bread and butter. Um, and that's really where I started. I was I started in poetry, and then that's what led me to being a songwriter. So, yeah, I, I like words. <laughs> awesome. Now I'm going to play your song, Breadcrumbs. Tell me what that's about. Yes, breadcrumbs. Um, so I think there's a concept, breadcrumbing, that's not often talked about, but I think it's something a lot of us are familiar with, and it's that concept of not being able to fully let go of somebody. Maybe you stay in constant mm -hmm. communication with somebody who either was your ex or was not quite your ex, but, you know, you had a thing going on, and you talked to them for a couple months, even after this thing has ended, just right. because you have the time. Maybe you're bored, maybe they're not in a relationship anymore, maybe you're not in a relationship anymore, but there's something that you just can't let go of, um, and it, it goes on for a while, so that's, that's really what breadcrumbing is. Um, it could be also, like, leading somebody on, you know, you don't really want right. to be in a relationship you're just bored um and yeah that's that's what breadcrumbs is about and it's very mutual this song i wanted to make sure that both sides of this equation were told it's not really just happening to me or it's not really just i'm just doing it it's both 
All right, let's play it. songwriting process and if you have writer's block how do you deal with that um yeah my songwriting process has definitely evolved since I first started and I think honestly it changes every time I sit down to write but um 
varies by song. Most of the time, if I'm being intentional about writing, I will go to my keyboard and um, I'll kind of just go with an idea. Maybe I've written something down in my notes app. That's, that's frequently what I do is I, I'll think of a phrase and I'll write it down and I'll come back to it later. Um, and then when I get to my keyboard, I'll mess with that phrase. I'll think about words that are associated with that. Um, maybe I'll find some rhymes for it or near rhymes and then I'll pluck out some random chords on a keyboard, um, kind of what I like to start with, and just mess around for like five, ten minutes until I find a progression that I like, a melody that I like, um, and, and play with that for as long as I can. I try to write for 15 minutes every day. That's something that a former songwriter, uh, songwriting professor that I had at NYU said, that you should practice every day for 15 minutes, and he said that right before the pandemic started, and I was like, I'm not doing that. Like, I don't have time for that. <laughs> and then when the pandemic started, I'm like, oh, I have a lot of time for that. Right. <laughs> and pretty much every day for two years, I've, I've written something for 15 minutes, um, whether that's a whole song sometimes, or if mm-hmm. I have a lot of inspiration, or just, like, bits and pieces. Um, but most of the time, my songs come to me at very random sporadic times um when I was back home it would be like be driving down a road and just something would pop into my head um and I would have to write that down and record it in my voice memo and return to that later or um I'll be out with friends now and I'll get inspiration like a concept Mm. or something um or taking a walk or in the shower a lot of the times recently it's been in my sleep um I've just got random concept or like full lyrics in my head and I will have to wake up write it down and go back to sleep um or like record it I found a voice memo the other day of something that I guess popped into my head when I was asleep and it was like just whispering into my phone like the melody um and then I'll basically flush it out later I try not to write all at once just because I think ideas develop over time and so it's best for me to write what I can and then stop when I'm ready and if I can't come up with anything more I'm going to stop and I'll come back to that maybe a month later two months later a year later um, and go from there. It's it's interesting the whole thing about writing you know 15 minutes a day I have a a person that I interviewed and she uh she did a 30 day challenge of writing a new song every single day for 30 days. And I said, Oh, I'm going to try that. No, I haven't done it yet. I mean, she said sometimes there were days where it's like gobbledygook. It wasn't, you know, songs were small or whatever the case may be. I I think that writing 15 minutes a day is probably a great thing to do. I don't, I, I, I actually would love to do that. Maybe I will try to do that. I think because it creates the, it allows for the creative juices to keep flowing. Um, yes. I, I know that for me during the pandemic, I, I was void. I mean, the whole pandemic thing was just depressing. And, you know, I didn't even focus on music in 2020. And then 2021, I was just like something lit a fire in me. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do some music. And I released seven singles back to back. That's how crazy. I, when I say I will never wow. do that, I will never do that again. The promoting, <laughs> I mean, I must have been on drugs. I'm serious because 
I was just like, okay, today I'm going to promote this one. And the next day I'm going to promote this. And well, oh, no, no, I got to do this on Spotify. And I got it. And it's expensive to even try to do songs. Like, oh, my God. And it, it actually, that in 2021, I believe I released like uh, maybe eight, nine songs. And I was just. I was just like, okay. Wow. Somebody asked me, why didn't I just do an EP? And I said, I'm a person that if I'm going to um, release an album or an EP, it has to be a theme. And all of the songs just didn't go together. I just don't believe in just throwing songs um, just to make an album. This was ridiculous uh, for, for myself, for myself. Um, yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, now, tell me how you've been marketing and promoting breadcrumbs because marketing and promoting is the bane of our existence at this point. <laughs> so much to do. It's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So how have you been promoting yes. the song? Yes, marketing. Um, marketing is a fun topic for me because I like to kind of see how I've grown over the years. When I released my first project out of high school, I did not promote it at all. I knew nothing about music marketing. I'm pretty sure I didn't even know that was a thing. And I just kind of like put out this EP of three songs out of high school. Right. Posted once about it on Instagram. And then I never spoke about it again. Um, and then with my last song, Risk, in 2021, I did a little bit more um, marketing. Yeah. Enough, but it was mostly just like TikTok marketing um, mm -hmm. because that's what was kind of hot at the time. Um, this year, I really wanted to take a new approach. I am just kind of over <laughs> TikTok listening. Yeah. Um, I'm just over it. And I wanted to connect with people again. I want, you know, we spent almost three years in our home, you know, mm -hmm. off and on. And I want to connect with people again. And so I'm going to do more of this as I release more music. But um, the goal of my marketing that I told my team is just, get me to talk to people like hmm. I want people to be able to connect with my music like they did with risk so many people would tell me that they would apply this to their own life and like the song hmm. itself was about a relationship people were applying applying that to their own situations whatever that was and I loved hmm. that so I wanted more of that and um, with breadcrumbs one of the activations that we did was we let my audience kind of submit their own breadcrumbs. And that was um, mm -hmm. a little bit of passing by. But um, there was reminiscent of kind of like the, uh, the website, I think it's called Unsent Text. And so there's a feature on my website, it's still up right now, and anybody can submit anonymously whatever they wanted to say to that person, whether that was your ex, your almost ex, um, a friend, something like that that you just never got to say or that you always wanted to say. Um, and a lot of them were, they were spicy. They were sassy. They were um, definitely breadcrumb-esque. And uh, I think that it was a lot of fun. I think people absolutely loved the idea. We got a lot of engagement on that. Um, and then because they were anonymous, we were able to post them on social media. And right. it, I think that got more people interested in doing it. It's like, oh, like, that's, that's a good point. And I did have a lot of people DM me and be like, I didn't even know this is a thing that I do. But now I'm seeing all these messages and I'm like, I do this. <laughs> um, or this has been done to me. Um, so that, that was the big marketing um, activation that we did with breadcrumbs. 
in the future for our next couple singles. Um, I'm going to be doing a lot more in-person things, and I want to meet these people who are streaming my music. That's that's my big thing. And I, and I love that. I mean, obviously, getting more in touch with your fans and actually talking to people is a great strategy and a great way to just know what your fans like and want and what they're going through in their lives. Um, the whole marketing promoting thing is just, it's interesting. It's a lot of, it's a lot of work. People just don't get it. So it's much a work. lot of work. Yeah. It's just ridiculous how much the work is. Um, you know, I recently, like I said, I took a, a, a course, a TikTok cap university course and I learned a lot about TikTok. Now, you know, TikTok is the most viewed, is more viewed than Netflix, which I believe. Because you just said, you said, yeah, oh, I believe that. Video for a second, and two hours later, you're still on, on TikTok. You're like, okay, I've got to get up and do something. Um, it's, it's fascinating to me uh, the things that you can learn off of some of these social media sites, especially TikTok because people think oh it's just people being silly but it isn't I mean there's hacks you can learn yeah. people get on when they're depressed you can have, take somebody you could take a course somebody's teaching you art lessons I mean there's so many different things that you can learn and I and and the biggest thing that I've learned is about branding okay and yeah. so trying to get um, maybe let's say there's a particular guitar piano or something that you like and you get on there and you use it and you talk about it and um, and you incorporate your music with it, and then the company calls you and says, oh, my God, I really love this. We didn't want to send you something different. So it's also a way to actually garner um, relationships with different products because we are a business, and we need to try to get our music out there. Um, so I learned that, that aspect of things, um, branding is very important. Um, there, For example, there was a woman that just didn't like the Microsoft logo brand. She, I mean, she did like a two sec, three two second video. She was like, "Don't like it." Third oh, video. Yes, I see you see that? <laughs> and then they used yes, her logo. And then they used her logo. They yeah. put it on on their stores. That's one of the examples that TikTok University gave, and I'm just like, okay, I need to come up with something. And now she's creating logos for other people. And then there was another one where. This woman really like it's like a shaving product for women, and uh, she's like, oh, I really like this peachy cream, blah, blah, blah. The company itself took her words, put it on their bottle, and now she's one of their sponsors, and the the product sold, sold millions in minutes, and now she's making money, now she's an influencer. And so, wow. um, yeah, so you definitely have to find different ways to promote. I know that you know, I recently released a song called Blocked, and it's all about blocking people on social media. So then I had to start thinking, how can I use this song in regards to blocking people or using, I, so one of the things I did was to, I took a clip of Footloose, the last, not the original, but the one they remade, and there's a dance scene in it. And, and it's a country song. I took a clip of it. I don't know. I perfectly did this, and I don't know how I did I took a section of the music. I put uh, to the, the I muted what music it was, then put my music on it and put it on TikTok and and all kinds of places and and it, and people just loved it. So people just don't understand. You have to think so much about how your music can work and and it's like even putting it in a, in a different scene and all these different. And I had never done 
like stitches or duets on TikTok. Now I'm doing that. And then, and then I don't know if you know, now there's Facebook reels. <laughs> and, oh, I didn't know that actually. Oh, so let me tell you, let me tell you about Facebook reels. Cause I stumbled upon Facebook reels, you know, I was reading through stuff and then on my newsfeed, it would, these reels would come up. And so I associated those reels with Instagram because Facebook owns Instagram. Yeah. And I, uh-uh. So Instagram reels and Facebook reels are totally separate. They're totally separate. So I said, oh, well, I'm going to start taking my TikToks and uploading them to uh, my Facebook reels because I started to see that people were, you know, there were a lot of views, 900 views here, 1,000 views here, and, and stuff like that. And I was like, this is really interesting. And so I did a TikTok. My, a friend of mine did a stitch on this thing for Amber Heard and I was like, and this was my first stitch. And I said, okay, I'm going to do this. And basically, Amber Heard says something. Then you have to rhyme with, the person rhymes with it. And then you have to rhyme with that. And I was just like in the bathroom. And I said, oh, this makes me want to pee. And the thing got 33,000 views. And I just, I'm like, huh? This is just so random. But yeah, yeah. if you have any wow. videos, if you have any videos, upload them to Facebook Reels. Um, and what happened is, because I kept uh, posting my videos on there, Facebook contacted me and was like, oh, do you want your, your, your Facebook profile to be a professional profile? Now it says digital creator because when they ask you that, that you can make money off of your, um, off of your videos. Um, the only thing is they can't be like ads because Facebook ads has that already. And there's a lot of stipulations right. now. And they can't have like another platform's logo. But now... Um, when I'm creating videos, I do them first on Facebook and then I do them on uh, TikTok and all that good stuff. Yeah, so there's so much out, so much out there right now in regards to promoting stuff. That's what I tell people. This is this is a lot of work. Um, now, saying that a lot of work, you're you're working. Um, you have an upcoming album this summer based yeah. on based on true events. Um, tell yeah. me what. What what is the concept behind this album? Yes, this album. So it took me a long time to kind of figure out what it would be about, but I've had the name based on true events in stuck in my head for like years now, and I kind of always knew that that was going to be the name of whatever album I put out first. I just mm-hmm. didn't know what it would mean, um, and so now in 2022, a lot of my experiences. Um, have inspired just like I well, actually I would say like my, my music now is lyrically better than it was when I first started almost 10 years ago and so the true events that I would be talking about now are, are vastly different from what I was talking about then so um, to me now I've, I've been living in New York for almost two and a half years I've had a lot of dating experiences none of them good um, <laughs> and and um, it's given me a lot of inspiration, a lot of content to work with. So um, a lot of my, my songs are based around that on this particular album. And they have very similar themes, but it's going to be a journey for sure. And the most common thing that I get from all of my friends, like, like when I talk about anything, like any new person I'm seeing, any old thing like they always say to me Ivory your life is literally a movie like your life is literally a Hallmark movie like yes this story that you're telling me is sad but this should be 
in a Lifetime movie, and I would watch it. And I'm like, I laugh every time because I'm like, you're so right. Like, all of my dating experiences are bad, but they're funny. Like, and someone's got to talk about them because I know I'm not the only person experiencing it. Um, I'm young. I got a lot more time, um, but I want to write about it now. And so based on true events is, is going to be based on those life experiences, those dating experiences that I've had. And the concept of the album is going to serve as kind of like this expectations versus reality thing, um, which is why breadcrumbs, um, we haven't re- technically revealed the explicit meaning of the creative direction behind breadcrumbs, but it'll come out soon that if you look at any major rom-coms released in the last 20 years, you're going to start to see a pattern with my single covers and those, the covers of those um, movies. So we're going to be doing a little bit of a rom-com thing with them. Um, And the expectation versus reality where that plays in is the expectation is what happens in these movies. The reality is what I'm thinking about. So um, it's going to have a a little fun, I think, aspect in that regard. Um, I think people will definitely be able to relate. Because when you come to New York City or a place like it, you know, L.A., New York, whatever, um, you may have that idea in your head of this whirlwind romantic adventure that you're about to be on you know everyone thinks that they're going to be it's going to be sex in the city uh it's absolutely not (laughs) um you learn that pretty quick in your 20s in new york city and so i think there's going to be a lot of people who can resonate with that idea awesome now i'm going to play your song risk tell me what that's about Risk um, I, is very close to me. It's, it's the first one I put out as, as Piper Page, officially new and improved artist. Um, and it was inspired by a relationship that I was in. I was very, very hesitant to kind of start this relationship. Um, and, you know, I had come from a place of hurt uh, previously, and I wasn't quite sure I was ready for it. But, um, it, you know, I started the song probably a year, two years before I actually finished it and before it actually came out. And so it it kind of has two meanings. The first meaning when I first wrote it was just taking a risk on life, anything that you wanted to start. Um, And then, again, when I finished it two years later, that beginning of a new relationship, having to be vulnerable again with somebody else and that hesitation um, that comes with that. Um, And then I would say it actually has a third meaning is because it was the first song I released as an artist, um, mm-hmm. I had to kind of take a risk on myself to right. prove that I could do this, to say that I wanted it so bad, and and just release the song because the song was never supposed to be released under my name. I was going to sell the song, um, and then I decided to release it. So, um, yeah, that's that's risk. All right, let's play it. I'm impulsive, but only sometimes a little bit. My mind and boy, I can't help it If I'm elusive, my heart is still learning how to process a new relationship And if you, I don't want to dive in It's too new to catch feelings And if I say that I told you when my heart breaks Something about it seems to 
another hit. Another hit. Um, yeah. Do you, do you think about uh, doing sync and licensing as well? Is that one of your main focuses? Um, we haven't worked on it recently um, since I started my music career, um, but it's definitely something I would want to do in the future. Um, I got to dive into that a little bit when I was doing my last internship at a record label. It was really interesting to see how that all came together. So that is definitely something I'm looking forward to in the next couple months. Cool. Cool. Now, what are three things you wish you had known before you got into the music industry? Oh, three things. I Oh, uh, the first one would be how much it costs um, <laughs> to be an independent artist. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Um, is definitely not something anybody talks about. And I'm actually shocked about it because I go to school for this. I work in this industry as a professional and I'm also an artist. And yet nobody bothered to tell me how much money it costs. Um, I think the second thing, uh, what would the second thing be? Um, maybe this is situational, but I think when I, before I decided to do this, I wasn't mm-hmm. aware how, um, like, digitally involved you need to be. Um, but also that was three, four years ago, and things have changed right. drastically in that three to four years. So, um, definitely it's more important now than ever. Um, what else? What else? Um, maybe just that, um, like it's so, it's, like everybody's still, de- like it's okay if you're still developing, I think is what I'm trying to say is, um, mm. I'm constantly improving, not only as a person, but as an artist. And, something that I put out three, four years ago, and maybe I don't think is very good now, it's okay to, that it exists. It's valid that it exists because your audience is going to grow with you and they're going to watch you as you create music that you're happy with. And I think I'm now creating music that I'm finally happy with. Right. Um, And I think it shows. I think my energy shows and how pleased I am with what I put out. I think it shows. So, um, you know, it doesn't have to be, you don't, you shouldn't wait. That's, that's what I would say. You shouldn't wait. And I think before I entered this industry, I think that is why I hesitated so long is because I was like, I'm just not ready. I don't think it's good enough. I don't think, you know, it's at the best it could possibly be, but like, it's fun. And, you know, the other day I found a song that I wrote when I was 12 years old. That's when I first started songwriting. Um, and so it'll be uh, 10 years next year if I turn 22, which is absolutely insane that I've been writing for a decade and I'm 21. <laughs> but in the song was not bad. It was actually, like, very well thought out. The progression wasn't pretty advanced for a 12-year-old. And, you know, had somebody told me at – 12, 13, 14, that it's okay to put out an unfinished product, I maybe I would have listened. But um, right. I think I was so caught up in this idea that I, just, I needed to be perfect in order to succeed in this industry. And that's just absolutely not the truth. Yep. Uh, yeah, I don't believe in perfection. I actually like uh, my music not to be overproduced unless it's like a dance song. I like it. I like I like little grittiness that you you just don't expect 
Um, I like it to feel natural. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, no, but yeah, I, I just... And the other thing that I've learned is that once you start getting into this music industry, scammers will come to you like white on rice. It's just like they, they just come, to, it's like they just swoop all over you and say, oh, I can make you a star and you'll have to pay me this, that, and the other. So I always tell people to do your due diligence. And, and if anybody contacts you, you, you know what, research them, research them, make sure that they're yep. on the up. You know, people still contact me till this day with with crap. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, 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 I'm not, no, not for me. All right, now, what's up next for you? What's coming up next? Yeah, so I've got um, a collaboration song coming out in, I think, two weeks. Yeah, today's Friday. Two weeks from today, actually, on June 10th. So I, I didn't write this song, but I'm singing on it. And it's going to be called Lighthouse. It's a collaboration with a local New York producer. And it's, it's more of an EDM track, which I think is really just fun to kind of show that I can do right. that. Um, and uh, so that'll be out on June 10th. And then following that, I'll have my next single, Do You Want Me or Not, coming out. Um, and that is going to for sure be a fun song. I think it's probably more similar to Ritz. Um and then I've got two more singles that follow that. Um, and so right before the album comes out. So there will be three singles from me as an independent artist um, and then one or two collaborations with local artists in New York. And then my album will, is set to come out, I think, uh, late August, early September. And I'm really, really excited for that. Um, I love it. Well, Piper, thank you so much for being on Chatting with Nat. It was great getting to know you um, more, to getting to know you and your awesome talent. Um, continue to do what you're doing. Hopefully, eventually, we can do an IG Live and chat more there. Because um, I, I think you have a great voice and you're doing your thing. I, I love it. Um, continue with it. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me today. You're quite welcome. All right, everybody. That was chatting with Nat with singer-songwriter Piper Page. She is she has a website, piperpage.co. She has she's on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, Instagram is Piper Page, TikTok is it's Piper Page, Twitter is it's Piper Page, Facebook is it's Piper Page. And if you don't remember that, it's Piper Page, and you can Google her. Uh, Google is a beautiful thing. I always tell people, if you don't remember, just Google. You'll find her. Until next time on Chatting with Nat. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Love your voice.